This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm John Abraham, joined by Dave McDonald. Uh, let me just get ahead of this. I'm, I apologise for the background noise. The air conditioner is on, but there is another uh, a hotel guest using the library and I, I, I felt uncomfortable about just turning off the air conditioning. So I'm going to leave it on for now and hopefully we'll get through it. Again, I'm sorry if it's uh, dis- disturbing your listening experience, but um, let, let's go on with this, uh, this podcast, Dave. There's a lot to talk about. Is there? Um, I know there is. Right. We've got a new um, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship belt to discuss, which has just been released and is the talk of the town. And you know, there's a lot of uh, hot topics in in New Japan and stuff that we discussed last week. And and I know uh, th- this debate has been played out at this point. Everyone's had their say. You know, some people have got reheated about it. And I got no wish to rake up old graves. But now we've had a bit of time to think about it. I want your Definitive conclusion, Damon. Pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? Because Satoshi Kojima tweeted out, I used to be the same as you guys. I thought the pineapple on top of the pizza was a bad idea, but I want you to try it. Life will change. Believe me, pineapple is a god. Your thoughts? Uh, So I've had the pineapple on the pizza. Uh, Around here they call it Hawaiian pizza, by the way. Um, Because you get a little ham with it as well. Maybe some other topping, but pineapple's on there. Uh, I am a fan. Now, it's not something that I would go out of my way to... And again, let's keep in mind, I'm in the pizza capital. You ain't going to get better pizza. Between New York, Philly, I don't give a... Not that Chicago fucking bunt cake. I mean, we got the pizza here. Fuck Italy. (laughs) They don't even do it right. We've got it. I don't mind it. I'll, and I'll be truthful. I don't give a fuck what people put on a pizza. You could put a fucking half a shoe on there. I would not care. If you like it, you like it. Uh, and I'll, I don't have a problem with the, the pineapple on the pizza. It gives, a, it gives a little bit of a tangy taste. I like it. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with it at all, Jill. So I'm pro pineapple on pizza. Me too. Glad we agree on that. I, right. Exactly like you said. The little sort of tangy the sweetness the little burst of uh flavor can really complement the the salty toppings of, of what else you're having you know your ham and your cheese and whatever so yeah thumbs up from me pineapple on pizza so we put that one to bed brilliant yeah. nice Simple. and early and look at and look at us we're pretty we're aficionados on our carbohydrates i'm not gonna lie <laughs> we're pretty we're, we're pretty spot on when it comes to that i mean especially being here in thailand where there are some really wacky pizza toppings i'm not going to go there (laughs) a whole (laughs) rabbit hole we could sidetrack the entire podcast talking about this um other stuff that's been in the news Uh, did you see the kenta tweet the cm punk go to sleep gate so so uh correct me if i'm wrong correct me if i'm wrong because i may have heard something about this is this the thing where uh somebody tweeted punk about yeah go to sleep it it was danhausen let me give give the context so uh danhausen used the go to sleep and then CM Punk tweeted, you might want to buzz the other guy because he seems sensitive about it. Fully endorsed over here, though. And then Kenta 
found that and responded saying, hey, this is the other guy. I'm super excited to see anyone you go to sleep except for you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> what a legend. He is. He is really fucking... He is on point. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't even think that's legit. Do you think people think that Kenta hates CM Punk now or something like that? Or I don't know. I don't think that's true. I think they're uh, well respected and between each other. So um, it is funny though. That was pretty great. That was pretty great. Um, what are you? What are your thoughts on the whole people stealing moves bullshit? I don't know. I was going to ask you the same thing. I mean, I, I suppose it would be good manners to ask for permission before you're going to steal a signature. Well, not steal, but use a, a signature move that someone else has come up with. I mean, if it's something like a, a DDT or something, then I would say that's fair game. But if it's a, a unique move that is synonymous with a particular wrestler that has created it, then, yeah, I, I think you, good manners dictates that you should have a little conversation beforehand. Ah, this is this is this is the Joel and Damon agree with each other podcast because I agree, um, and even being like it like in a locker room for the short amount of time I was in a locker room, um, like if you did that, you would you would wind up getting a fucking smack in the mouth when you got back in the <laughs> right after your match. Somebody's popping you in the mouth um, if you use their finisher, especially a guy who was higher up on the show. You know, you you were going to you you're going to get your ass kicked and be. You're not going to get booked again. Um, that being said, like 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 uh, like Twiggy's finishing move was was basically the rock bottom. Um, but again, if fucking Dwayne Johnson showed up on a show, we we're, that's not we're not doing that fucking we're not doing that move right. That that will not be on our repertoire that night. Uh, like a DDT. Now is like okay, yeah, uh, understood. Nobody's fucking dialing up Jake Roberts and saying, "Okay, can I can I use the DDT?" But in eighty six, whatever, or eighty four, eighty five, whenever he debuted that move, um, and I believe he was the origina- originator of it. Yeah, if somebody fucking used the DDT, like it was oddly enough, a DDT was was the the equivalent of like um, oh, I don't know a fucking rainmaker you know what i mean like he hit the ddt it was fucking lights out nobody was kicking out we were done now it's a, a transition move um but yeah it's uh i kind of I, I i don't know especially if you came up with something original if you came up with something original especially in this day and age where you feel like you've seen every move under the goddamn sun um what else could could a human being do like if you if you're that guy Stealing a move, I don't know. I got. I would have a problem with it. I, I would have a problem with it. Um, and again, if you're, I don't know, if you're whatever wrestler, and you're going to use a burning hammer, you know, it's like don't. I, I think you should fucking tip the. I don't know. I mean, what are you going to do? Call the guy? <laughs> are you going to get a hold of? You know what I mean? Just to use a fucking move in a match. I get both sides of the argument, but I don't know. I think if it's a big move, a famous move, a move that's been pretty much popular, and the guy's still actively working too. Let me let me be clear of that too. If the guy's retired, all bets are off. But if the guy's still working, I don't know. It seems fucking lame. 
Okay, another little news tidbit that popped up was RevPro hinting that they might have a young lion with them on excursion soon. Uh, thoughts on this? Who do you think it might be? So it could be Uemura or Suji or maybe even Gay Kid going back home mm. to the UK to do his excursion? Well, any one of those three would be nice. Um, I guess they have the same kind of deal where it's 14 days, blah, 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 blah. I have no idea what's going on in the UK, to be quite honest with you. All I know is that my suede tickets keep getting moved. <laughs> I, get, I get an update every four months. It's been rescheduled. Tickets are still valid for Ali Pally. Um, anyway, that's good news. That is good news. At least that's some sort of normalcy when it comes to this. Because those guys... We got a talented crop of uh, young lions that are really missing out on a, I think, what I think is a vital part of their growth and what makes New Japan very special and, 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 and holds on to that tradition of working different styles and different promotions. And again, I talk about the stuff outside the ring being as important as inside the ring. Um, still having a place in pro wrestling. I think that's really important. Um, and I think that gets that to me, that gets overlooked a lot, Joel, when it comes to the development of, of pro wrestlers. Like, and I think that's one of the reasons why the idea of like a training center in Orlando, Florida flops, even though, um, a lot of the guys that do make it out of there have been, you know, have gone through that system of wrestling all over the world and 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 having that. But again, there's something to be said about that learning experience and going to different places and meeting different people as opposed to being in one bubble. I think there's, there is hugely beneficial. But um, it's a good thing. Good thing. I mean, hopefully, it, hopefully, it's sooner than later, Joel. Yeah, I, I think an important thing as well is they would need to get Yuto Nakashima back in action before they send anyone else out because otherwise we're just going to end up with two young lions and I think they'll get quite tiresome pretty quickly. So I, I like New Japan to have at least three young lions on the books at any one time just for, for freshness and variety on the roster. So something to keep in mind. Uh, the other thing, um, this is just something that occurred to me looking at the New Japan schedule or schedule let me read you this up these upcoming shows so coming at the end of next month so april 28th and 29th wrestling satsuma no kuni in the kagoshima arena which i think they use that for some g1 shows may the 3rd and 4th wrestling dontaku at the fukuoka convention center so that that's a week later uh and then may 15th so just under two weeks after that, Wrestle Grand Slam in Yokohama Stadium. Mm -hmm. And then two weeks after that, May 29th, Wrestle Grand Slam in Tokyo Dome. And then a week <laughs> after that, June the 6th, Dominion in Osaka Joe Hall. Jesus Christ. How, what are they? How, how are they? What are they? That's a, that's Again, they could run that, that even without those big buildings. That's That's a pretty decent schedule, right? Even if they were just your normal new Japan buildings. We have lots of seats at a lot of these venues, Joel. 
and at least they're getting uh, I mean if they're getting these buildings at a at a discount which I don't know if they are like I mean I guess the the venues have to put something on and the idea of concerts and all that stuff might not be the 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 you know they're not maybe not able to do I don't know that just seems rather ambitious shall we say doesn't it Joel? It feels feels how are they first of all what are they putting on like what shows are they putting on here uh i i feel in my heart that there's not a ton that they're going to be able to shoot like what's going on right now that can fill those buildings these are the the biggest <laughs> what, what what i mean are they just doing these buildings so that they can have an open air area to have the equivalent of like it looks it would be like a small Tokyo Dome and it would be a small Yokohama baseball stadium but with what they can legally have in the building it would be their biggest crowds of the year right yeah that's what I'm thinking like these dome shows they're like Dominion basically because Dominion they would be hoping normally to get what 12,000 fans in but for the actual Dominion in Osaka Joe Hall they're going to get less than half of that mm-hmm. so it's like the, the what we're calling dominion on the schedule has been downgraded and it's not really a dominion or <laughs> talking myself into knots here but you get my point here. and also the yeah. fact that we don't have a best of the super juniors so yeah. obviously it, it's an attempt from them to you know we're in the content with new japan aren't we where they're just putting on as many shows as they can presumably to sell a set number of tickets that they need to hit for I don't know shareholders and hitting revenue targets blah 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 blah. But I I mean I'm lo- looking at that list of sh- shows I mentioned. I mean how many championship matches are we going to get on those right. shows? How many must see matches are we going to get? It, right. It, I'm I'm kind of missing the days when there was a big New Japan show and you knew from top to bottom it was going to be unmissable from the first match until the main event that it, it, this is must-see stuff. And to be fair, we got that Wrestle Kingdom, but you know the days of uh, a, a new beginning or a Dominion being, you know, you've got to be in your seat for the start of that show, I think, you know, not this year. Yeah. I Like, are these wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning? Can't miss where you did that in the past, yeah. Um. That's again. I, I feel like we're on, we're on a sliding scale when it comes to attendance and and figures, and this is the only way they're even going to get close to the numbers that they would have gotten in an indoor arena, and in an indoor setting. So I think all rules are off. I mean, there's no way we can sit here and say that these shows are going to be cons- like again in a normal year. If you were to tell me, okay, we're running. This baseball stadium and this dome, what is it, a week a week apart, Joel, was it? A week and a half apart? Um, I, you know, we'd be, our pants would be on fire with anticipation of these shows because we know it would be a, just a great, great moment for the company. And it's, I, I can't, I just... Well, let's put it this way: We're what are we? A, a handful of weeks away from those shows occurring, and there's no table set. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's nothing. There's, there's. I don't give. Give me the pro. Give me the. 
Joe, give me the fucking main events at this point. <laughs> right, you know, it's not like, oh, we're with... In previous years in New Japan, you could safely predict, you could be like, oh, yeah, well, we're obviously building up to, you know, Tanahashi versus Ibushi or Okada versus Naito or whatever, but now... I have no idea what direction we're going. Yeah. It makes it difficult to do a podcast, doesn't it? <laughs> right? I mean, the idea... And, and, and I get people kind of tuning in and they want us to be a little bit more upbeat or I don't know positive and and I get it because again there's only so much fucking getting hit over the head with it that you know things are weird I get it but there I, I just want you to sit in your car or with your earbuds in or you know while you're making dinner and just stop for a second and think we got two Baseball stadiums that New Japan is running, and we don't have dick all for a show. I mean, we assume we're going to see certain programs, but I don't know. It's just it's not it's not the same, <laughs> and you can say that for everything. So what, what the fuck? What are we what are, what are we going to do? Last thing I want to touch base on is uh, a tweet that went up. It says, uh, Los Nuevos Ingobernables have formed in CMLL. Could Terrible, Angel de Oro and Niebla Roja have plans to tie Los with Ingobernables de Japón? And this added to the fact that in the uh, interview yesterday, Andrade, or, or La Sombra, to give him his old name, said he would like to work in New Japan. So do you think there might be something brewing there? Yes. I, and I think both parties would be silly to not have it be a brewing. Um... Yeah, I think I'll go so far as to say I think you see him in G1. I really do. I I mean, I, would, would you not? And, and, and here's the thing. There's, a, there's, a, there's an opening that's sitting wide open in that faction right now with evil not being there anymore. And I mean, like there's a hole in that faction where he easily slides right on in. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's just a no brainer. I, I don't. Like of all, think of it this way: of all the talented people available to New Japan Pro Wrestling right now, and I say that half-heartedly, uh, he's top of the list. Right? Right? Name me another guy out there that's available that New Japan could sign. You know, what I mean, like there's nobody else. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I'm saying that as he's, it's glaringly obvious that New Japan should be working diligently to to lock this guy down. Absolutely. Let's move on to Sacrogenesis then. And I'm very excited, Damon, because as I said uh, at the top of the show, we have a brand new RWGP World Heavyweight title belt. You haven't seen it yet. No, I have not. No, I have not. I'm going to send these pictures to you, and we're going to get Damon's live reaction. Oh boy, for this! I hope this is good looking. I hope this is a good looking belt. Because, because, because I'm going to say this. I, I, I got. I haven't looked yet. Um, this is one title that we did not need a new coat of paint on. You know what I mean? Like this is not a title where it's like, like a lot of people. Really love this championship title, just the aesthetics of it and the and the look of it. And again, it's not the original one. And there's been 
changes to that title throughout the years. But a lot of people have a connection to this belt. Can I, and I think that's a safe statement, right? All right. I'm going to look. I'm a little worried. If this, if this is like a yellow belt or like a, the Intercontinental title. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hmm. Looks like a bat. <laughs> um, a lot of people drawing uh, unfavorable comparisons with the old WWE Divas butterfly title. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Holy Hannah, yeah. That's what I said. Now I can't. Now I can't not see it. This is the fucking Divas title. Oh, fuck. Joel. Maybe it's because it's new. Maybe because, uh, I don't fucking like it, man. No, it's it's not good. I don't like it either. And that no. seems to be the consensus online. This might be horribly unkind and unfair, but it seems that a lot of the people, or most of the people online who are saying they like it are either employed by New Japan or want to be employed by New Japan. <laughs> and everyone else is saying... That is horrible. And of course, you know, this is this is a, a completely subjective thing. Yeah. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And if you, you think it's beautiful, if you like it, then cool. But I I, I hate it. <laughs> it looks terrible compared to the old one, which was you know, the, the perfect wrestling belt, wasn't it? It was iconic. The most prestigious uh, heavyweight title belt in the whole world. And it's been thrown in the bin for what? You know, is this, you know, they want to sell more merchandise or they're just, you know, doing a whole company image rebranding thing, whatever it is. I don't like it. And, I don't, you know, maybe at the end of the day, it's just window dressing, but it's, it just, it feels like part of a wider trend in that the product is changing and maybe moving away from what a lot of us loved and moving towards something else. Hmm. This feels like you two putting out pop. <laughs> it's just the best way. And for people who may not get it, uh, but there's people that get it. This is you two putting out pop. Um, uh, and what's with the big, gigantic fucking slee stack crystal in the middle? I don't know if I like that either. I mean, I... I Whew. This is I Joel, when you said it, at the same time my head as as the words were coming out of your mouth, I was like, it looks like it does look like the Divas title, that old Divas title. Oh. What's what's happening here? Why why are we doing this? What is the point of this? Like, know what it feels like? It feels like uh like when you're at a job. And and a new management is in. You know, the old guy got, you know, canned or moved on or whatever. And now it's a new guy, a uh, new person rolling in. And they've got their own ideas. And we're going to change this. And we're going to do this. And we're going to have this. And you're like, okay, we're going to keep an open mind. <laughs> and, but I, had that, I had that with my current school when... We had new management coming in, and then 
suddenly the logo changed. Okay, everyone, you've got to use this style guide. You've got to have your email signature as this and put this and, you know, this size. And it's like, okay, this is not really a meaningful change, is it? This is, it's, it's window dressing, but also a sign of uh, a new management system that's coming in and wanting to change things for the sake of it and like and, and leave their mark on things right this is exactly the feeling i got this is somebody this what this is is exactly what you described we're changing our email signatures um in the grand scheme of things but if we are to agree that this promotion at least in the past was about that title being the centerpiece of the the promotion in that your major angle was basically I'm fighting to win that because that means the world to me. I don't, I wouldn't, I, <laughs> I wouldn't care if that was left outside in my backyard during a thunderstorm. <laughs> that hunk of shit. That thing is a hunk of shit. I hate that title. Oh man. Whew. Oh, what a... It is, it's gaudy. And it's fucking... It's not, it's not pleasing to the eye. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Maybe now I'm just going through... I don't want change. I don't want change. I don't want change. But boy, that fucking thing stinks on ice. Fuck that belt. Ugh. Well, this <laughs> might be wishful thinking on our part. Sizzlebeef says, what are the odds this whole merging of the two titles is a work or maybe split later? At first, I would have said 100% no, but some of the commentary and things said by Jay White made me think otherwise. Doubtful it's split if Merge is curious if you two picked up on anything. So do you think there's any possibility, one, that this is an angle or two, that they might reverse course with enough people bitching about it? Uh, I mean, when you, when you, uh, I mean, they would go so far as to have somebody make a title that they know people are going to hate. You know, um, I, I mean, I, mean, I, I know, I, I can't imagine it. I mean, we've, I think we're in the weeds too deep here. There's no way that they would backtrack. That we're too far. This is, this is it. This is, this is where we are. Man, like what? I know we've talked about this before, Joe, but what is the purpose of this aside from what we just talked about? Is it, and, and again, it, it, maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's just a new management wanting to put their stamp on things, um, which to me is is nauseating that, that people are so fucking insecure that they can't not do that. And you see that everywhere. So, But, but it, that's really what it is. It's like management needing to find a way to – just get put. Ugh, I hate. Oh, yeah. Anyway. I, I mean, it's it's a it takes. I think a lot of grace for a new manager or, or management system to come in and say, you know what, this thing that you were doing before is working, and I can't improve it, so we're going to leave it as it is. Right. And that yeah. is it's too tempting for a lot of new managers who are insecure not to go fucking about with stuff that shouldn't be fucked around with. Yep, one hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. Um, what's the what's the end game with this? Do I mean? Do you give me give me your percentages? Do you think this is an angle? I know. I I don't. I I think no, I think no, it's what. Yeah, I don't. So what's the end game? Like what to me? 
aside from management just wanting to put their stamp on things, what what is the what is the purpose of this? Well, let me offer a theory from Dr. Gary, who says he's been thinking about the new title. Both Impact and AW call their top title World with that pesky forbidden door being open. Is there a chance New Japan didn't want their top title to seem lesser, or do they not give a crap? So, do you think to who? That, uh, to who? Pro Wrestling Illustrated? <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> those I mean? idiots. Right. I mean, like, who would? I mean, I get the point, and I'm not. I'm not knocking the question at all. But to be clear, but again, like, like. Like who's recognizing any world championship? Oh, that again. What is this? Bill Apter and the and the PWI five hundred or whatever. They used to have like monthly rankings, and there was a big big brouhaha, Joel, when Pro Wrestling Illustrated said, "Well, we're not recognizing the WWF World Championship, the biggest promotion in the, in the country. Uh, we're not recognizing that as a world title anymore because, um, basically, because they wouldn't allow their photographers." Uh, access in the arena anymore so Stu Sachs couldn't get fucking take pictures um they they uh they, they did that but it was a big deal at the time because again at that time like pro wrestling illustrated and those after magazines were the fucking you like that was the the modern day you know newsletter or internet site like that's where people got information in kayfabe but okay but um no one cares i you could call that fucking title beer coaster who cares it's what it represents like if they were fighting over a fucking trash can lid who cares if if you're pro wrestling you need to make that important if that trash can lid is the most important thing in this promotion then so be it trash can lid it is and that's what we got. We got fucking trash can lid belt right now. I can't believe we're arguing about belt. We're not even arguing. We're just fucking... Dis- you know. but- Honestly, David, I prefer to argue about title belts than the shit we were talking about last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I, I got to be honest with you. And, and not, but you know, to change gears here, um, I, and because I, I didn't want this to be missed, because I didn't want this to be skipped. Your... And I and I feel like it's disrespecting to call it a rant, but your soliloquy to open last week's show might be one of the greatest things I've heard on a pro wrestling podcast, and I mean that with all sincerity. It, again, to be clear, it was one of the greatest things I've ever heard on a pro wrestling podcast. And I and I know that people chimed in um, and agreed with that statement. That what what you said and how you said it. Like I like I listened back to that show, Joel, last week, and I do every week because I listen just for I listen to make sure it sounds good and make sure. But you know, like I was a stammering idiot after that. Like I couldn't get a sentence out because I had nothing. There was that was you blowing up the fucking joint. Like and and like, what am I gonna? How? What am I gonna say after that? Like you had a one for the books moment, and I needed to say that, and I needed that to be on, and and everyone to hear that. That again, to me, I don't give a fuck what podcast there is, wrestling wise. 
you're, that opening was one of the greatest things I've ever heard on a pro wrestling podcast. Thank you very much for saying that. I'm, I'm, I'm flattered and humbled. Uh, I, I love having this podcast where I can, you know, express my thoughts on things like this. And, and thank you, everyone who, who reached out and uh, felt that that resonated with them. But again, I do feel slightly uncomfortable with this because I don't want these issues to be like, oh, here comes the, you know, the the white middle class straight man setting the world to rights with his big opinions. This Wait, you're is straight. Just... <laughs> It's, but you, you know what I mean. It's one of the, these things where my opinion or what I say isn't important and, and shouldn't be important. It's the opinions of other people, and like you know, we want to hear voices from you know traditionally underrepresented parts of the, the wrestling community to see what how, how they feel about things. And um, so, yeah, I don't want to kind of take the the focus away from all the other people that were upset by things but again, I agree I, I I, and I agree with that 100% but I'm going to put a little bit more focus on you if you don't mind I know mm, we're gonna, just one more um, this that was from your heart though and I mean that's not like you saying things just to say things right just to get you know likes from you know uh, um, people who m- might feel the same way as you you know, like the fact that it was from. The I mean, heart. Let's be clear about it. every time I go on one of these rants, I probably lose us as many uh, listeners as I gain new ones. Right, but but I feel like I like every time that 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 does happen. Like like and I listen. Like it just makes me feel proud that I have a very intelligent, well spoken, able to construct an argument clearly and concisely and with passion um as as a co-host like that like those are the things that make me proud again it's not talking about fucking you know an undercard tag match for the 750th time the fact that we are able to to make people laugh at that like i always say that the the two things that i'm most proud of with this show is that one three things one that we're able to make people laugh. Like to me that, that when I hear people tell me that, Oh my God, I cracked up, you know, laughing at this thing. That, that means, means more to me than one of the best compliments I've ever gotten. And I hope it was a compliment. I took it as a compliment was, was somebody wrote in and was like, I feel like I'm listening to Alan Alda (laughs) give, you know, a pro wrestling take. And I'm like, that's, I I mean, I, I love it. The second one was what did somebody complain that I said ass eating too much or something like that to Kevin Kelly? <laughs> that made me pretty. <laughs> oh, that makes me really no, proud. No, no other show lurching from the profound to fucking toilet humor <laughs> like our, we do. We are the best at that. We are fucking there's no one better than us in that. Um that made me proud. Uh and it's moments like that, you know, moments where we have to step away a little bit and say, okay. This is this isn't right, and we need to talk about this. Um, and and again, I don't think that there's anybody on the planet Earth um, when it comes to that when it comes to pro wrestling than Joel Abraham. I really don't. So again, I don't want to sit here and, and and eat your ass. But yeah, that's I, I think it needed to be said. All right, back Thank to world again. title <laughs> discussion. Um, let's let's go on with this uh, shit show that is Sakura Genesis. Uh, Sunday, <laughs> April fourth at uh, Tokyo Ryogoku Kokugikan. Uh, 
great great sumo basho there wrapped up yeah. last week brilliant stuff infinitely more entertaining than how is that how is that it's great like, it's, it? sumo is really exciting at the moment because it's like the old guard are on their way out so the two current yokozuna both of them seem to be struggling with injuries at the moment and are missing more tournaments than they're attending so it feels like there's a bit of a power vacuum at the moment and there's like a, a really exciting struggle at the top between a host of new guys like you know young guns or, or people who are returning from long-term injuries sort of scuffling for that top spot and uh, it's very exciting to see what will happen in the future you know if we're going to get some new yokozuna at some point and uh, to me that uh, sumo has become one of not actually probably the most uh satisfying and exciting sports for me to follow over the last 18 months or so wow i mean i know that you're into it um where are we in their for lack of a better term where are we in their season where or or were we um are we coming up on like a big show around the corner or so the the way it operates is they are uh bi-monthly tournaments so there's six per year and so we've just finished the second so the, the second out of six tournaments for the year. Right. So is it, is, is it a, you can parachute in right now and, and, yep. and feel like, okay. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the, yeah, again, what I like about it is that I can watch the highlights. There's some really great YouTube channels. I can sit and watch highlights, like 15 minute video per day that will show all the, the, the top division bouts. And then maybe the next day, there's a couple of other channels that will do sort of more long form videos and put them, put it into context and, you know, tell the stories behind what's going on. Oh. So yeah, really, really good stuff. And <laughs> they don't do silly things like a redesign <laughs> championship awards for the sake of it. <laughs> Tradition means something in the sumo worlds. Uh, but here we are, we, uh, new Japan in sumo hall, uh, mucking it all up. <laughs> No, I don't mean I, I don't hate you, fan. Uh, so, Sakura Genesis, we are opening up with uh, a six man tag match uh, Doki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Taichi against Jado, Tangaloa, and Tamatonga. Of course, uh, Tangaloa and Tamatonga are the IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. They are? Is that right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not misremembering that. They are tag champions, right? So, do you think that maybe this could be a setup to dangerous techers earning their way into another title match? Yeah, it seems like that's you know with New Japan Cup uh, put the put the rest. Um, the good news is, is that we if you know we get the rebirth of Dangerous Techers, I like that. That's that's good news. You would think that would be somewhere on these stadium shows. So can I parachute in with another question? So Frankie says, with the culling of the IC belt, is Ghetto finally going to be forced to try and build the tag belts back to some level of credibility? Golden Aces and Dangerous Techers felt like the right moves last year, and I'd love to see Ghetto go full All Japan tag team main event booking. So do you think this is something that is going to be a must with these stadium shows coming up? Yeah, I do. Again, because what else? What else? That would be pretty awesome, actually. If we were at that, if if we found a way to 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 bring that back, like having those tag belts be a main event on a show, Techers versus you know Naito and Shingo, or Kenzer and Jay White, yeah, like like those tag matches could be 
fucking amazing. And, and again, some of the best shit that you saw, some I, some of the best shit that shit that you saw were were six man tags in all Japan back then, um, and even even New Japan to a certain degree. Um, yeah, to put to make it like that would be. Mm, I mean, this might be just an old man wishing for the past, but that that, that would be a smart move for sure. They need to do something, man. They need to do something with it. Um, yeah, so so Doki, it's who's who's on the other side? I know uh, who's on the Bullet Club side. Jado uh, uh, and Jado. Gorilla's okay, Destiny. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not going to hand wave this one, actually. I, I do like this because Doki and Jado, despite being very low-ranking members of the roster, have built up quite a, a fun little feud between them over the last few months. So there is backstory going into this, and I think the result could be significant. So I'm I'm looking for... Zach or Taichi to get a, a pin or a submission over either Tangela or Tamatonga to oh. set up uh, a championship match in the future. Okay. I think, you know, maybe they'll get a shot at uh, one of these wrestling Satsuma or, or Don Taku or something, get the belts back on Dangerous Techers, and then you can do something big at the stadium shows. That's what I'm okay. hoping for anyway. I'm, I'm figuring, I, I was asking just to see who was on the other side who was going to lie down. So I, I figured that would be one of those guys, um, Jado or. If they were going to go the other way, because um, I can see like a fuck finish, you know, interference, blah blah blah, causing them to lose, but still they had the upper hand, the dominance, or maybe you know, just, just one of the two pin eaters that you would normally see taking the fall. But uh, you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going with the gutsy move and having God take a fall um, to set up the, the the tag program. I like that. I like either one. That's fine. But I just like the idea of Techers being back. I think it's they were a highlight of all last year, so um, to have them back is good news. And our second match is a, a ten-man tag match. We've got Yoshihashi Ishii, Goto, Yano, Okada against Dick Togo, Ishimori, Yujiro, Kenta, and Evil. And I mean, this one is notable because during the Road Two show yesterday, Taiji Ishimori pinned Goto. So, <laughs> Goto getting pinned by Junior. I mean, a decorated Junior, nonetheless, but still a Junior uh, in a match that had plenty of other people there to, to eat a pin for, I think was significant. So, my guess for this is that seeing as the Chaos team features the never openweight six-man tag champions, that maybe we are looking to set up something there. So, yeah. perhaps a Bullet Club team of... Ishimori plus two others, you know, some some combination of Yudro, Kenta and Evil and, and Ishimori going after those never six men belts, which again I'd be in favour of because I don't think we see those belts as much as I would like to. I thought they were one of the highlights last year, and, and that's not damning with faint praise. I just thought they did a tremendous job with it. So I want to see those belts back in action and maybe this is where we get something kick started. Yeah. I mean that's the only I mean the biggest glaring reason why we would do something like that right okay yeah those those were always fun they were highlights a couple of those in cork and were were more than highlights they were the best things you see you've seen in that month um yeah we're not moving up ishimori it'd be impossible the guys we talk about show and the biggest issue being his height i think ishimori is probably in that same category right um. So yeah, we're we're going. We're, we got we got to heat up those belts somehow. So that's a good way to do it. 
Yeah, and with all these shows coming thick and fast, we need those belts. You know, we can't yep. afford to let them be sitting collecting dust. Uh, another question about this match. Marcus says, of the Bullet Club versus Chaos 10-man tag, what would make the most interesting singles match? My choice would be Ishii versus Ishimori. We need juniors featured more and more openweight matchups like this. So looking at the, the five Chaos guys and the five Bullet Club guys, are there any interesting, fresh singles matches you're looking at there uh, thinking that you would either like to see or you think we might get to see in the future because you know, I'm, I'm looking at what could be Okada's role in that match and there's people on the other side of I mean he's he's th- hopefully done with evil so I don't want to see that anymore but no. there's there's Kenta there yep. well pr- probably Kenta's the only one really I know, I know they've faced each other in the, the G1 Climax before but I don't think Okada has faced Bullet Club Kenta so maybe that could be something to, to move on to in the future yeah, it's the one that would make the most sense, at least in their current booking patterns. I do like the idea, and again, we've said it a, tr- a trillion times, the idea of blurring the line of juniors and heavyweights, especially in 2021, blah, 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 blah. Um, those, are, those are the ones where you do it on paper where you're like, oh, that would be cool. That would be nice to say. That would be pretty cool to say. Um, but again, I, I don't want it to be a situation where it's juniors eating pinfalls just because they're juniors. Um, so if they did it smart, you know, they'd get guy have guys get wins. And they, and again, I do like the idea of Ishimori being the guy to get the pin over Goto, which is pretty nice. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, because that's sort of signifying that despite being potentially the only junior in this feud, that he's still a threat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Is there anything else that's sexy to you besides those two options? Like juniors and, and heavies kind of having no, matches? I mean, no, no, and I've, then, oh, no, no, I've talked out. I think the direction should be the, the six-man belt. So Yoshihashi, Ishii, Goto against a team of Ishimori, Yujiro, and Evil. And then a singles program between Okada and Kenta. Yep. And then Yano and Dick Togo can go off and do some KLPW nonsense. Right. Yep, I think that's what we're looking at. Okay, third match then. We've got Shingo Takagi, Sanada, and Tetsuya Naito against the Empire team of Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and X. So Eric says, final prediction. Who is the fourth man in the United Empire? So here, I think, are the candidates whose names have come up. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, "Ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing, you know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. 
you get a display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the Slap Pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great Slap Packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club Slap Packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying... Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Most frequently, so we speculate it could be Hinare, but the counter argument to that would be Hinare getting into a public spat with the uh, New Zealand quarantine catering services on Twitter. He was complaining about his meal, the quality of the meal, and that he wasn't given the, the food requirements they'd asked for. And again, if that's a work, and it does turn out to be Hanare, then bravo for going so deep on it. But if we take that at face value, then maybe it's not Hanare. Could be Carl Fredericks, a guy who is not in the New Japan Cup USA brackets. He was featured on in the last episode of Strong, but you know, I mean, obviously this stuff is taped in advance, so right. uh, could be him coming back and, and commentary were going out of their way to put over the fact that Carl is not a nice guy to, to give them their exact words there. He's always said that he's a guy who didn't want to associate with a faction. He's, he's more of a lone wolf, so that would kind of contradict it, but maybe United Empire is a faction for lone wolves, because you know, I don't see Jeff Cobb as a sort of yeah, buddy, buddy, I'm in this team now, you know, camaraderie kind of guy. So maybe United Empire is going to be the, the place for these lone wolves to achieve their dreams or, or whatever. So it could be Carl Fredericks. Uh, Brody King, a lot of people were speculating about that because he was complaining about not having anything to do at the ROH. I think it was final battle. But he is now in a new faction in ROH with Chris Dickinson, Homicide and Tony Deppen. But again, I believe that was taped in advance. So it could be... Brody King coming over, and I know he's someone that uh, New Japan rate very highly. Um, Shota Umino, a lot of people think it could be him making his comeback from excursion. Uh, other names, Robbie Eagles, Mikey Nichols thrown out there as well. So uh, do you think it's one of those mentioned, or you got anyone else in mind, Damon? Those would be the top contenders for me, those three. Hinare, um, uh, Brody King, and Carl, uh, which one? Well, would, would we you have t- sorry? Would you have Shota Umino in the no. shortlist for you? No. Why not? I wouldn't. Um, because you I, think he's sort of, he's sort of too good looking to be a heel. <laughs> he just sort of screams like 
you know, matinee idol yeah. poster boy baby face, isn't he? Yeah. I, I like like when I when I look at his career, you know, as I look into my crystal ball, I don't I don't see this being a part of his history. You know what I mean? Like a heel faction group like this. I just, like I just I don't know. I just don't see that. Um, I could be dead wrong, but I I don't see it. Uh, which one excites you most? I mean, if we were in agreement, if, 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 do you think it's in those three? Do you think it's 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 a battle of those three? I I don't want to rule out Shota. Okay, I think he would be a really interesting option. Um, which am I most excited about? Which one do you think it would be the a the best fit and b which one yeah which one gets you excited? It just brings me back to my question last week in asking what is the function of this fourth member because already I I would say in Osprey, Okan and Cobb we have three mid to high level singles wrestlers. Right. I'm expecting Okan to have uh, a, a singles program with Tetsuya Naito, maybe building up to these these big shows we've got coming up. Osprey could be world heavyweight champion by then, we don't know. So is this fourth member going to be the pin eater? You know, is it going to be like a right. Doki or a Bushi for the team? Right, or a junior. Because uh-huh. we don't have a junior in there. No, I will say this, Damon. The fact that they are facing an LIG, LIJ team of heavyweights, they didn't right. put Bushi in this LIJ team, makes me think it's not a junior. So I don't think it will that. be a junior. Yep. I think it's going to be another heavyweight. And maybe, based on what we talked about before, about the tag division, this new member could be a tag partner for Jeff Cobb. So maybe we can have Jeff Cobb plus X elevated to be uh, you know maybe they can go into a, a single uh, a tag feud with Shingo and Sanada because I was a big fan of Shingo and Sanada in the tag league uh, you know of course Cobb and Okan were in tag league together but like I said I think Okan is going to pair off with Naito so if this is uh, as I'm speculating Jeff Cobb's tag partner who would be an appropriate and an exciting tag partner for him Jeff Cobb I'm just sort of thinking of the aesthetics of it Jeff Cobb Me too. standing next to a Hinare or a Carl Brody. Fredericks, or a Brody King, or a Shota Umino. And I would say Brody King, out of all those names. I think the, the, the sort of contrast between their appearances would be uh, just fun, fun to look at. Two you know, very different sort of wrestlers. You know, Jeff Cobb is an Olympian, Olympic athlete with all his wrestling chops and you know, throwing people around, suplexes here and there. And then Brody King is this sort of big bear who's going to come and maul you, and that yeah, that'll be my pick. I would say I like Hanare. Yeah, talk to us yeah. about that. Hanare Jeff Cobb would be fucking. I mean, like if they if they package that right, that's a badass team. Like they got to be, they got to be a little dominant though. They got to be, you know, we got to take some. We have to have some guys take some fucking bumps for for this team. Oh, you know what would be good, Damon? Hinare getting the pin over Shingo. Because, you know, they've, they've got a bit of history there. So if he comes, you know? Hinare repackaged with his new attitude, not fucking about anymore, no more Mr. Nice Guy, and bang, with the help of his new teammates, is able to pin, finally pin Shingo, leading on to uh, a high-level tag program, Shingo and Sonata versus Cobb and Hinare. Sign me up. Yeah.
I mean, you got your big bruising fucking non-Japanese tag team. Hmm. Yeah, sign me up for that. And not for nothing, I kind of want Hinari to get something here. It's been too long. The guy, the guy hasn't caught a break yet. Like I, I, I really want the guy to get something here. Get something. I mean, we're giving David Finley his spot, and which I, which I'm in full agreement with. Let's let's do it. Shit or get off the pot, right? Well, shit or get off the pot for Hanare. Either either do it or set the guy free. Um, so a, a Hanare Jeff Cobb tag team. I could dig that. I could fucking dig that. I mean, seriously, you package them together with some fucking matching gear and a badass entrance and have them fucking destroy some teams. I, and I mean fucking destroy some teams. That could be fun. That could be fun. Yeah, and Shingo would be the perfect opponent for that because I know he's not really someone people talk about when they're t- think about great bumpers and opponents who make other people look good but I think he's right up there he you know despite being a, a chunky boy himself he can he can fly around and make other people look like monsters so yeah that would be I mean, a, a really good one to set up uh sorry like, like let's say um we get Cobb and Hinare destroying or defeating or, or whatever Chingo and Sonata to set up maybe a high level match at one of these dome shows dangerous techers defending the title belts against in our cop. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Give us the book. <laughs> I mean, come on. For first thing, that fucking title goes right in the bin. <laughs> I mean, who who sat there and was like, "Yep, that's our title." That 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 they're like chef's kiss. That represents us. That's us. What the fuck. You know, I said I started I started this a little bit last week, two weeks ago. This management hasn't really been called out for some of the shit. What's I don't know, man. This this is not this is this is this is not a good start. Like give how about this? Help me out here. Give me the Highlight of the post Harold New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like, what is the? Give me the. Give me one thing. One thing. This company has done that has been like, boop, home run under this regime. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have Dan put in that cricket <laughs> sound. <laughs> Tumbleweed. Right. Right? Gosh. Am I wrong? Roku? Is Roku the big uh, the big one? That I've got quite honestly, they've been Despy, working on for Despy's fucking years. Push. What's that? Despy's push. I and I was gonna say I think a lot of the stuff that I'm really enjoying about New Japan lately feels like it might be in spite of the management rather than because of it. Correct. 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 Yeah, I mean, again, what's been the what's what what? Give me the thing that's been the and again, COVID nineteen troubling times. Okay, give me something. Give me the one thing. Woo! 
And it's not Roku, because again, they were working on that long before. Yeah. God, man. I mean, <laughs> unless something major comes rolling down the pike that we don't know about, uh, feels uh, feels a little empty here. A little tumbleweedish. Look, a couple crickets chirping in the background. So I'd be curious to hear uh, what other people think of that as well. Actually, I wouldn't be. I don't give a shit. All right, go ahead, Joel. What else? All right, fourth match is Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tanahashi against Bad Luck Farley and Jay White, which looks like a, a sort of preview match for presumably Tanahashi defending the Never title against Jay White at one of these upcoming shows. Yeah, Never title. Who would have thought, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's now the new IC title, isn't it? it it's yeah. serving the same serving the same purpose as the 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 secondary singles title that the main eventers who are not doing anything uh, are fighting over. Again, though, like it seems okay. So you were just you had the intercontinental title. Like why 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 is the never title then now? The you know what I mean? Like you had something. It's not like we never had uh, that secondary title. Uh, I I love the fact that the, I think I may have read it somewhere. Um, somebody described Tanahashi holding on to that never title like it's the the greatest prize of in pro wrestling. <laughs> he does add a nice little air of uh, importance to it. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, two those two guys once again. Like if you if I said to you three years ago. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Jay White, whatever. Oh, that mix of people are fighting over the Never title. Your head would have exploded. Shall we move on then to the semi-main event, the fifth match, which is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado defending against Roppongi 3K, Sho and Yo. Uh, Sho's got a new nickname. His new nickname is Direct Drive, which sounds like some sort of... Uh, computer app but uh here we go uh 3k this is the i think what did i say last week the ninth time we've seen this as a a, a straight two-on-two tag match so yeah i i need something new here i need something fresh is this the moment where we see Rapongi 3k break up or do you think it's just business as usual in the the stale junior tag division they it has to be something they have to have something up their sleeves it makes no sense to have this match, number one. Just in pure pro wrestling fandom. Like, like in what world can somebody be on the shelf for a year? A tag team, a champion, a team, whatever. And the dude just shows up and then all of a sudden we, got, we have a title match. Like, makes no sense. Um... And there's no juice for it. Like, there's no... I mean, the biggest the biggest thing is the return of Yo. And it to have them just eat a pin or to have them get the win is just like, oh, oh, okay. Why? Why? So, so I'm, I'm praying that there's, they have something up their sleeves when it comes to this Rapongi tag team because to me i feel like show is beyond that like he's outclassed the idea of being in a junior tag like he's we're done we're done we're, we, that's a chapter of life that is closed now 
if these two want to feud, okay, that might be interesting. Uh, but but the, the idea of these two guys back together as a tag team and it's business as usual bores the ever-living fuck out of me. I saw someone suggest the possibility of Rapongi 3K winning with Yo pinning, kind of, uh, sorry, Desperado to set up a, a single, uh, the, the junior heavyweight title match somewhere down the line with Despy and Yo. But uh, again, that's not something that is wetting my appetite personally. I want to see these guys break up. So hopefully uh, a Suzuki can win and then Yo losing his shit and beating up show or the other way around I'll, I'll take either to be honest but uh, please don't dump us back into the, the junior tag division of 2018 again uh, let's give the young bucks a call see what they're up to um, <laughs> main event uh, sick match IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match uh, Kota Ibushi defending again yeah he is defending even though it's a yeah. new belt he is, he is the champion defending against the challenger and New Japan Cup winner Will Ospreay so uh, Damon, your thoughts on the match, please. Look, we know it's going to be great. We we know it's going to be great. I don't think that there, and I don't think anybody listening to this show has doubts that it will be great. Now, finish. Uh, how they get to the end, that is open for debate, and that is open for speculation. Okay, can I, can I throw the question up? So yeah. Luke asks, does B Priestley come back and cost Osprey the match? So what is happening on this day? Uh, B Priestley is going to be having her own world title match in stardom at the exact same time. So uh, Spannerhead informs us that uh, her match is at Yokohama Budokan. Both shows are at 5 p.m. bell time. Both matches are sixth on the card. So unless the cards are subjected to change, uh, Spannerhead doesn't see how it's possible for B Priestley to be there. So do you think it is likely to happen? Okay. That is great information. Who was that? Who gave us that? Who gave that, us that information? That, that was uh, Spannerhead. Spannerhead. Ex- excellent job, Spannerhead. Um, well, that's good news, to be truthful. Like that... Puts me in a, I, I'm a not ready of... to rule it out, Damon. I still think there's no. a non, non-zero chance of her <laughs> sprinting from uh, Budokan <laughs> or a helicopter or something, getting down to Sumo <laughs> Hall. Maybe the, uh, the, the, junior, the, the junior tag title match is going to go Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Look, so, sorry, she only has to be there. She only has to get to Sumo Hall for the end of the main event. She doesn't have to be there for the whole thing. And, Correct. You know, it's not, I don't think it's going to be a short match between Osprey and Ibushi. So, again, non-zero possibility that she appears. Just throwing it out there. Imagine her getting, like, a police escort through Tokyo. <laughs> the counter to the fucking arena. <laughs> now I'm imagining, like, the Goldberg entrance, but with B Priestley. <laughs> yeah! Getting off at Suidabashi Station. <laughs> that, that is one of my favorite things in life. That fucking entrance. Holy shit, walking by the fucking TGI Fridays. I mean, that's so great. Oh, yeah, that is a fucking great moment. Um, I mean, look, uh, the idea of it happening, the, the idea of the angle happening was tailor-made for a moment like that, right, that we just described of her showing up and interfering and all that shit. Yeah, they don't need it though. Osprey doesn't they need don't. to do that. The the you know the 
the match doesn't need any build or any hype because you see Osprey versus Ibushi on paper. Like my only worry is maybe they try and do do too much and do get too cute with it and you know throw some stuff in there that should probably belong in a, a Marvel superheroes movie rather than a wrestling match. But I I think the match will be really good and they didn't need to do this. It doesn't need to be pre-C thing. Osprey is hateable enough without having to do all that shit. Yep, the match will be great. I, I again for all the 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 faults that we talk about with Will, and for all the the issues that we're having right now with what's going on with titles and all that, that's all we can put that in a corner somewhere, and we can focus on this match between these two guys. There's there's absolutely no reason why it won't be great. Um, now my question is this percentage, will there be nonsense for a finish? Will there be a fucking goofy finish? Yes or no. And what are the percentages you're feeling? Um, I will give you 30% odds that they're shenanigans. Now, to be fair, since the Osprey heel turn, he hasn't done too much of it. Like for the most part, the Okada match at Wrestle Kingdom was clean, and I thought that was a really good match. They did do a fair bit of it in the New Japan Cup final, and that is the eyebrow raiser for me because B yeah. Priestley did get involved quite a lot. And you know, interference is interference. I, you know, if you're going to shit on it when Dick Togo does it in an evil match, then you should bring the same energy for for when Will Ospreay does it. But I, I hope that they're just keeping Bullet Club as the the heel interference faction and, and evil as the heel interference wrestler so yeah I'll give you a, a, a maybe more in hope than expectation 70% that it's a clean finish okay I'm a little bit more worried than you I'm a little bit more worried than you because everything feels like something's up now again Will could win this title clean and then the the nonsense occurs later, um, causing Will to not retain or something like that. Feels a little, I, I don't know. Let me ask you this then. <laughs> I'm asking you a lot of questions. Let me ask you this. If this is a, some type of fuck finish and this is not a clean match, are we officially at the end of the the golden era of New Japan Pro Wrestling? Yeah, I know this is something that um, Joan Rich and Voices of Wrestling have been touting for a while, that basically since Wrestle Kingdom last year, this is a, a new era we're in now. And it, yeah, definitely, you know, all the things we talked about, it feels like something has fundamentally changed in the, the this company. So I don't think uh, the result of this title match is necessarily an indicator. I think it's been happening for a while. It has, uh, but I guess is that so we so we shouldn't be shocked if if there is a fuck finish. Um, no, because I, I would still so. be shocked. No, I would still be shocked and disappointed. 
Like if this yeah, is a fuck dis- finish, disappointed, Joel, yes. Shocked, no. I would be both. I would be both. Like the evil thing is one thing. The evil thing is one thing because again, you can almost justify it that you need some type of fucking smoke and mirror to make this seem legitimate, right? Like you needed evil to have a change of ways and you know get do you know and have all this help to get him from point A to point B because again he was always perceived as the guy a mid card guy. Um, we got two guys that are that are at the top, right? Like like Will Osprey doesn't need like people could sit there and say okay straight up, Ibushi Osprey. Osprey could definitely win this match. And it could be a coin toss. And there might be people that would say, yeah, yeah, definitely will. Without the bullshit. Like, he doesn't need the bullshit to win. I'm, I'm saying this in, this in kayfabe terms. Um, like, he, he, there, there's, it's, not, it's not preposterous. The idea of evil being world champion at that time was pretty preposterous. And it shook up everything. Like, he doesn't need the interference. So if there was interference, or if there was some kind of fuckface finish, I'm going to be honest, I would be, I would be disappointed, and I would be shocked. Because it doesn't need it. It really doesn't. But the idea of it happening, I'm worried. I'm not going to lie. I am worried. And who's your predicted winner? Do you think Osprey's walking away with the belt? I do. I do. I think this is something that they've been wanting for a, a decent amount of time. I've said it. How many times have I said it? That the, the company really has want, wanted big things for Will. And he's and that's always been the plan. Um, he was not here to, to, to stay a junior. And I know people said that about Kenny in, in the past, but the same thing can be said about Will. Um, I do think he wins. And if and 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 honestly, if, if he doesn't win here, um, he he. Let's put it this way: he'll be an IWGP Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> oh boy, did I not say world? Uh, he'll have that fucking ugly belt. He probably designed the belt. You kidding me? <laughs> That, that has that has a Will Osprey's fingerprints all over it. You kidding me? Uh, that will be. I think we will see a title change. I do. Yeah, I'm not sure where I stand. I you know I said sixty forty last week. Ibushi retains, and I I'm going to stay with that. But I could see the appeal in having Osprey win the belt, and then you can have some fresh, interesting matchups for the stadium shows. Where I don't want to say hot shot, but I I suspect that the winner of this match will not be holding the belt by the end of the year. Let's let's put it that way at least. Um, all right, well let's talk about my favourite thing now. Let's talk about New Japan Strong, which I was very pleased actually listening to the Voices of Wrestling flagship that uh, Joe was putting over Strong as well to prove that it does exist. I'm not making it up, and it <laughs> is good. So we had our final qualifying matches for the New Japan Cup USA here. Uh, We opened up with Clark Connors beating TJP in 9 minutes 27 with a roll-up, which 
I was pleasantly surprised with because I, I this one was a bit of a coin toss because obviously TJP is an experienced wrestler. He's a relatively big name. You know, he won the Cruiserweight Classic in WWE. So I w- would have totally understood him going ahead into the tournament rather than Clark Connors. But I was rooting for Clark Connors because obviously TJP is a massive bellend. Uh, again, one, one of these wrestlers who I sort of begrudgingly acknowledge that oh, it kind of annoys me how good a wrestler he is because I really dislike him personally. But uh, yeah, there, there you go. There's your separating art from the artist thing. Everyone draws their own line. No one's right or wrong on this thing. But I was absolutely cheering for Clark Connors here because I think Clark is great. I think he's a, a tremendous talent, one of the most hottest prospects they've got in the company and I'm really keen to see him win this one so I was on the edge of my seat here Damon it was a you know pretty basic story with the sort of power and aggression of Carl uh, sorry of, of Clark going against the sort of the technical submission the, the craftiness and the the meticulous calculated offense of TJP and there are a couple of moments where they, they the commentary put over Clark Connor's Boston Crab as his big dangerous signature weapon and when he had TJP in it, I was like jumping up and down, like, come on, tap out, you little shit. And then when <laughs> TJP got to the ropes, I was like, oh, no. So I was really emotionally invested in this match. And uh, Clark Connors eventually won, as I said, with a roll-up. So I, I wasn't expecting that. When TJP got to the ropes, I was like, oh, fuck, that's it. He's going to win now. But he didn't. And Clark Connors is going through, which I think was a bold move, but the right move. And, and excited to see how Clark gets on in the tournament. And then our final qualifying match was Chris Dickinson beating Blake Christian in 8 minutes 53 seconds with his move that he is called, according to the website, Kill or Cripple. Uh, again, very good, sorry, very good match here. We know how good Chris Dickinson is. He is he's ready-made, you know, pack him up in the box, ready to go to, to the main roster in Japan, if you ask me. Uh, he's, he's everything that I think the company should be looking for in new talent. And I like Blake Christian a lot. I think he's a really talented wrestler. He... I, Mally's sister-in-law is one of these people whenever we go for a meal like before before everyone's really finished eating she's like I can't wait, wait I just I can't wait to see where this goes I'm, 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 on, I'm on the edge of my chair God. she's she's looking at your plate and, and saying like, oh you're going to finish that are you going to eat that and you, you are going to eat it you're, you're still eating yeah. but you kind of sort of feel embarrassed and you're like, oh, no, okay, why? And she's like, oh, I was going to take it away and and take it home and and have it later, share it with my family. And you're like, oh, okay, then. She's one of these people who likes to get out, you know, the doggy bag, the Tupperware box, and, you know, every last, every little thing on the table, whether or not people have finished eating it, she's she's packing it away for later. (laughs) But you kind of know that when that gets home, that's just going to be sitting in the fridge for weeks until it goes bad. She's a bit bit of a hoarder. Oh, Uh, that is my thoughts on WWE signing Blake Christian to a developmental deal. <laughs> they are Mally's sister-in-law uh, taking food <laughs> off of people's table to put it in the fridge and let it go mouldy. So, uh, it's a shame. It is what it is. I hope he's getting paid well. I hope, I hope he does well. But um, I cannot see uh, Blake Christian main eventing a, a WrestleMania anytime soon. So thank you for your contributions to Strong. I enjoyed your work, Blake. Um, but yeah, you, you were never going to get in the, the New Japan Cup, my friend. So um, main event, we had a tag match, Finley and Carl Fredericks uh, beating Danny Limelight and Tom Lawler. So Finley pinned Danny Limelight after a last shot. Uh, a really good match, really nice main event kind of match that uh, in front of a, a hot crowd, I think would have gone down really well. You know, kind of thing like if you'd had an equivalent match on Dynamite, people would be really, really high on it. So again, I, the, the fact that it's in an empty arena is hurting it somewhat, but 
the the wrestlers I cannot fault the the effort and and the way the matches are laid out and the the pacing of it it's all I think they're really firing on all cylinders in New Japan Strong I know I'm the only person watching it but uh, well me and Joe Lanza but it's really good stuff so another very very solid show and I'm excited about the New Japan Cup lineup so let's look at the brackets here. I'll tell you what Damon let me send you the brackets and we can right. we can do our picks for that because again I think this is a pretty sexy lineup. Uh, Oliver I'm is asking a question before before yeah, yeah go ahead send it but while, while it's coming um, do you enjoy strong more than you like the 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 main promotion like right now yeah like if you were going to say I look forward to strong or I look forward to Cork and House Show what which one do you look forward to more uh, strong is better than much better than Cork and House Show I mean obviously if you're taking the whole main roster including the big shows the ceiling is much higher the you know the big matches on japan in a big show are going to obviously deliver higher than a main event on strong but i would say the floor is higher on strong strong doesn't infuriate me as much as the the main product of new japan pro wrestling in japan is starting to do um it's very very simple just sort of a to b storytelling and I like it. It's it's a breath of fresh air, to be honest, considering all the shenanigans that's going on uh, on the other side of the Pacific. Is it your favorite weekly pro wrestling show? Uh, yeah, I said that last last week. Absolutely, is. I mean, to be fair, I don't watch any of the weekly wrestling shows, but I I really enjoy Strong. It's a it's an easy watch, and it is getting better and better all the time. And just little things that are starting to click, like with the continuity, of the storytelling. And I know I'm repeating myself at this point, but just Stuff like um, when the match has finished, the, cam- the, the the footage cuts straight to the backstage promo. So you don't have to wait until the next day for it to be subtitled and uploaded to YouTube. You don't have to go hunting it down. You know, you see, for example, Chris Dickinson beating Blake Christian, and then immediately you're getting that backstage comment. And again, that's, it seems like a, a small, small thing that could be done for the main roster. And I understand why they can't you know to, they don't want to interrupt the, the flow of the show and some of it would need subtitling blah 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 but again just a, a, a sign that the people who are producing strong are really thinking about these these little details to make it as cohesive and enjoyable as possible i think they should fly us out i mean we're the, we're like we're like we're, we're the only people talking about you guys and we're the only ones uh, like, like, we're telling our listeners, you got to watch this show. It's no longer not a thing that you could just toss a, toss away. These aren't hand waving shows. These are really good, solid shows. And I don't know. I think we deserve some uh, some credit for that, <laughs> or some money. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I've got no dog in this fight. If I thought it something was shit, I will say it's shit, as I often do on this podcast. But strong is not shit. Strong is good, and as is this New Japan Cup bracket. Uh, yes. So you got it in front of you now, Damon. So I sure do. First of all, what, what do you think of those names, those brackets? It's it's exciting, isn't it? The like so, if you're going to have a little mini tournament, right? Um. This is this is a nice the brackets every match is at the very least interesting um and the names on it you 
all right, here we go. So bracket to the left, we'll call it. You got Clark Connors, Leah Rush. That's going to be really good. Brody King, Chris Dickinson. That's going to be really good. Ren Narita, Tom Lawler. That's going to be really good. Hikaleo, Fred Rosser, who I'm hearing really good things about Fred Rosser. Am I out of my mind? Am I hearing from unreliable no, no, sources? It, me, me and Joe both agreed that his match with Jao Kratos a couple of weeks ago was very good. Better than it had any right to be. Wow. Actually, no, that's I, unfair. I, maybe maybe I, sh- I should have expected it to be good. I mean, because I think Jao Kratos is a, a, a good wrestler. He's a you know solid hand and... Fred Rosser, you know, a bit of an unknown quantity in New Japan. A lot of people are looking at him thinking, you know, is he still working that WWE house style? But I think, no, I think he's proven that he at least deserves to be there in, in New Japan strong for whatever that's worth. And, uh, yeah, I think this, this Hikaleo match will be good as well because Hikaleo had a, a, a nice little match with uh, Jordan Clearwater before, like I talked about last week. So this should be good. I'm more excited about this New Japan Cup, USA, that I am about this, <laughs> this show coming up this weekend, the Sakura Genesis. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, this April 9th episode of Strong, with these four first-round matches, you know, top to bottom, is that a more exciting, a more intriguing show than Sakura Genesis? Mm. I think so, man. You don't think so? Yeah, I do. I think there's... There's less filler, for certain. I'll tell you what. Aside from the heavyweight title match. If there wasn't a heavyweight title match on this show, we would open with strong. <laughs> like, I'm watching, I'm looking at these fucking brackets, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this shit. And everything that you talk about, and how hyped you are for this, Sold me. We might open with strong next week. What the fuck do you think of that, people? And look, I'm not saying you're going to get any match of the year candidates here. You know, you're not going to get five star classics on New Japan. I mean, you might, but that's not what I'm enjoying about strong. It's it's the the elegant simplicity of it, which is good, right. and the fact that you're going to you get nice shorter matches, clean finishes, coherent storytelling. Uh, you know, my only concern actually is the fact that they're having all four of these first round matches on one episode of Strong, and I would like them to to all get the time that they deserve. Um, that said, I mean, let's let's do our brackets then. So Clark Connors, Leo Rush, I don't know because Leo Rush, obviously, they're high on him. I think they're a guy that they should be pushing and trying to get in for Super Juniors or you know even maybe just a, a junior title singles program, get him over to Japan. But also Clark Connors, I think they've you know really got a, a diamond in the rough there. So that's a, a really difficult one for me to predict. Um, I think they got more invested in Clark Connors. Yeah, you know so I mean? you picking Clark for the win there? I think, it would, I think that would be the smarter move, right? I really do. I think they have more invested in Clark Connors. And it's gonna, that win is going to mean more to Clark than it is going to be Leo, right? Yeah, you sold me. I'm, let's go with Clark then. Let's do it. I'm down. 
And then, then what? We got, Bro- Bro- we got King versus Chris Dickinson. And this one is interesting, as I mentioned, because the, these two guys are now in a faction together in ROH. So I guess it's just the nature of the beast that you might get a bit of uh, inconsistency between uh, people working multiple promotions and, and taping things in advance and whatnot. But even so, it's a tasty looking match on paper. Two big scary dudes that are going to beat each other up. Um, just the, the way that Dickinson has been booked, you know, the fact that he lost to Renderita. I, I think the company might be higher on Brody King than Chris Dickinson. Uh, that's yeah, I th- I'm of- thinking the opposite. Yeah. Okay. Only because he did take that pinfall. And I mean, like he was, you know, so we're going to give him a little bit more shine back, I think. Um, yeah, I might, I might say that he goes on. So then you we're looking Brody at a, a, a Clark... Clark Connors against Chris Dickinson. I mean, if you ask me what semi-final do I want to see, Clark against Chris Dickinson would be the one I want. And you know, that's no disrespect to Brody King, but two tremendously talented wrestlers. I think they could they could have a really excellent match there, Clark and, and Chris Dickinson. So let's go with that. Let's do that. Yeah, that sounds sexy. I like that. All right, and then uh, the next bracket, the other side. Uh, Renderita against Tom Lawler. Again, this is a really tough one because it's similar to the. The Clark and Leo Rush thing. Renderita is the long-term prospect and a guy they've given big wins to. He's had big wins over Chris Dickinson and, and Bateman. Tom Lawler, again, a guy I really think they should be looking at long-term to get over to Japan because I just think he offers something a bit different. He's got that kind of unhinged, sort of crazy person charisma. Almost a bit like a Minoru Suzuki, if you like. And that sort of legit shoot fighter background. Obviously, he's a, a former UFC fighter uh, but it would not shock me to see Renderita getting the win here and again if I'm just thinking what is the purpose of this New Japan Cup it should be to be elevating new stars and it's hard to look past Clark and Renderita because I mean really they're the guys that should be showcasing this tournament are they not? They are I mean if that's your end goal um, I still think Tom Lawler gets to win um see this is what i like this is what i like in the sense of like it makes sense to go both ways it makes sense to mm. yeah they're all coin tosses aren't they yeah they are, and that's good because now, okay, now you're watching it, and it's not like you're going into these fucking shows like, okay, this guy's gonna, you know, this guy's obviously when this guy's like, you got four matches where, okay, you could go anyway and have it make sense. I mean, if your end goal is to make these two guys the the, the focal point of New Japan strong, then yeah, Narita and Connors, sure, great. You don't have to go that route though, certainly not. I'm going with Tom Lawler though. And then Hikaleo against Fred Rosser. You know, I think Hikaleo is the guy they want to be building long term. You know, potentially the successor to Bad Luck Fale. He's putting on muscle. He's a you know big intimidating guy. So my pit will be Hikaleo there. I feel like I'm that YouTube guy <laughs> doing his New Japan Cup picks. Our, our, our favorite. Let's, let's give him a shout out. The holiday, Christopher Mace, if you're listening. Big fans yeah. right here. And we I are mean big that. fans. Yeah, I look forward to it every fucking year. I was so excited when you sent that to me. I was like, my man is back with his picks. 
Love it. Got to work on the pronunciation, so a little bit. That's okay. No, definitely not. <laughs> no, just go. No, just, go just go in. in. Yeah. Don't, I don't. Yeah. You know what? I agree. I agree. Um. Yeah, I think Hikaleo's got to get the win here. All right. So going back to the left side of the brackets, we've got Clark Connors against Chris Dickinson. Let's do Clark. Let's go all in. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Tom Lawler against Hikaleo. Let's go Tom Lawler. And then Clark Connors, Tom Lawler final. Let's go all in. Clark Connors, let's do it. Let's all right, so Clark it. Connors, winner of the, whatever it was called, Lions Break Crown, and also winning New Japan Cup USA. So we're saying Clark Connors to challenge John Moxley for the... IWGP US title is he a big enough name is that a, a big enough attraction yeah he loses but yeah let's do it why not what, I mean what the fuck who cares like do <laughs> yeah. it play with house money I mean? here yeah yeah that's what I'm saying yeah do it fucking do it he, I mean he'll lose and that's fine make it competitive you know give him a fighting you know make him like make him look like you know he belongs in there but you know, it is what it is. It's it's a first step kind of thing, you know. But yeah, you're playing with house money. Fucking do it. All right. Well, we do have a lot of questions in the hopper, but right. I'm not going to read them. I think this is a nice way to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've been getting an hour and a half, and I, I want to go see my family, Dave. Yeah, we have. We both have. We both have a lot going on in life. Yeah. Uh, both positive and negative. Mostly negative, quite honestly. Let's be very truthful. But, uh, you know, Joel has, has positive as well. So uh, just stressful, right? Would you call it stressful right now? Yes, it is, it's the uncertainty of everything that is the real killer. And, and I think, as I've said to you and other people recently, that the last year or so has been about letting go, really, and, and understanding and appreciating that we are not as in control of things as we would like to be and trying not to worry about things that are out of your control and doing what you can for the things that are in your control to make make things better yep and mine is go for it like you if anything if this year has taught us anything that you don't know what the fuck will happen and nobody thought we would have what we have that had gone through and still are going through so go for it. That's that's my new thing. Is just fucking go for it. Don't settle. Go for it. So um, we're both going through some uh, some interesting things, and but we'll uh, again good things. As I told Joel before we hit the record button, pressure equals diamonds. Pressure makes diamonds. So there you go. All right, there, there's your motivational speech for the day, kids. <laughs> and if you would like to send us some diamonds or the cash, uh, the, the monetary equivalent, you can go to redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to send some money our way. Show appreciation for the wonderful free show that we put on every week for you guys. Discord link is in the show notes if you want to join the conversation and, and all the fun, exciting live chat that goes on. Uh, the hot topics like uh, last week's angling new title belt blah 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 it's always a, a, an interesting place for discussion 
at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast if you want to get your hands on one of our great t-shirts. And big thank you to Editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye.